but about two years ago, I was raped. There's a lot of anger. We're not being manly enough. There are two ideas about safe spaces. My understanding of the world changed. And I felt numb. Are you a man or a mouse? I was alone. I couldn't bring myself to say it. I was lost. All I wanted was to be able to share my experience, what was happening to me with someone. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to Safe Place for Men. All right. This is Thomas Edward, your male survivor resiliency and leadership development coach. And also, of course, I'm a certified hypnotherapist. So coming to you from Sacramento, California, and it is uh, it's today. Actually, it's Tuesday. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. I've been traveling because you guys remember I told you I was going to be in Dallas, Texas, of course, over the weekend. Uh, some conference stuff doing there. And uh, so my little time, I'm going to say zone uh, calendar is kind of messed up a little bit, but it was a great weekend. I'm happy because I can actually breathe. You now you come back and there's still some smoke, whatever in the area, but you know, I can actually breathe. So it's not, it doesn't look like fog around here <laughs> and it's actually smoke. So that's great. I got to experience some uh thunderstorms in Texas. So it was actually raining. And so uh, people probably thought I was crazy. You know, what is this, what is this dude doing walking out in the rain? I mean, lightning and stuff, you know, walking across the field, which I know probably isn't, you know, I'm going to say the best advice. <laughs> and I was just so happy for rain and it was just coming down and it was warm rain, of course, and which meant that the humidity was pretty high. But hey, I didn't care at that point because it was rain. It was water. And that's what I wanted. I just wanted <laughs> I wanted some water. All right. So let's just share what's uh, been going on. So thank you guys so much for those of you that were shooting out the positive vibes and prayers and stuff in our family. So uh, with my brother, I guess they gave him the, I can't remember what it is, Regeneron or, or whatever, antibody, whatever, you know, treatment because he was unvaccinated. And so, because uh, one while we thought we we're going to lose them there, we really did, and they thought that they were going to lose them too. So they were pretty much telling us, "Just get ready." And so, uh, you know, that's kind of how the doctors are with the prognosis. You know. So anyway, so um, his oxygen levels finally, uh, after a month, got to the point where uh, he was like at five liters, which is still considered respiratory failure then four liters, then three liters, then two. And then they finally got to one, right? And so they're like, okay, he's up. He only needs one liter of of oxygen. Um, so he can actually, he can go home, right? So I guess that means that you still got your oxygen tank or whatever. And then the blood clots and stuff. So, you know, he's on some whatever medication stuff for that. That's probably going to be one of those um, long hauler symptoms of the COVID. So, um, he'll have to keep a check on the, the, the blood clots, but you know, he, he got to come home. And so his wife and kids of course are happy and, and we're happy. So just thank you guys so much for those thoughts and those prayers that you were, you were shooting out there, you know, for him, um, on his, on his behalf. I really appreciate that. And it was, it was, it wasn't funny, but, um, you know, he and I, we would, we would, we would text a little bit and, uh, and you guys know, I, I you know, I, I can see he's my brother, right? Because he was like the first survivor that I that I work with. So for him and I, that's who we are, right? So we're 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 family, right? People might say, oh, but you know, you don't have the same parents and stuff. Like it doesn't matter biologically, right? So we are knit together. 
And so, um, you know, during our texting and stuff like that, he was just like, man, this is just, just helped me to, to, to realize, you know, how much I need to just keep in contact. He's like, sometimes we just allow things to get in the way and to not meet. And, you know, he's like, we gotta, you know, come together at least. He's like once a year, (laughs) you know? And so I'm like, well, yeah, I'm usually the one that travels to you. So you just come on, you just come on down. So, but just great that he's alive. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, he was an outcry uh, or a product of this program, right? Safe place for men, which is where it first, well, actually, when he first started, it was Camp Soul Searching is what it was. Um, so it's done several, if you want to say, renditions between that time. But he was one of the originals. And, uh, I mean, here it is over 20-something years later, kicking it, going strong. And uh, so that's right to me. He's family. So thank you so much for that. Now to the, the uh, people that we met or guys that we met in Dallas. So what I did was uh, during the conference that I was at, so you know, when you go to conferences, you always look at the schedule and stuff like that. And you're like, you know, okay, do I need to go to this one? And do I not need to go to that one? After you've kind of done the stuff that you're there to, to do or to talk about. And so I'm like, you know what, I think I can shave out uh, some time here. So then what I did was I shaved out early in the morning. I think it was um, Sunday morning, Saturday morning, one of the two like that. So like three hours of some guys that wanted to meet Right. And we almost I mean, we almost had like a mini, if you want to call it a workshop. But um, I did a little thing called uh, Jumpstart Your Healing with CPR. Oh, awesome. 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 Three hours that we had. So thank you to the guys in Dallas who contacted me, those who showed up and uh, they were so glad that they showed up. And, uh, you know, that's this is part of of the journey. I'm just going to say it right now. If you want healing Sometimes you got to have the balls to step out there. You know what I mean? And so uh, I understand it's scary. It's 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 fearful sometimes. But if you're going to heal, you got to step out. And you guys know my saying that healing does not take place in isolation, right? It takes place in relationship. And so if you want to heal, you've got to be willing to step out in some type of relationship, And the cool thing I love about Safe Place is we're offering you a safe place where you can do that, where you can step out and engage in that healing. So thank you so much to the guys, uh, the few guys that were there. I don't care if it was just two or three, but it was more than that. Uh, You're stepping out and you're taking advantage of what's being offered, right? That's, That's the thing. Sometimes, you know, it's hard for me to fathom. It's like, wow, here's someone is throwing you, you know, a, a lifeline, a life rope. And it's like, all you got to do is have the courage to actually just reach for it, right, to be pulled in. But I understand, of course, the psychology of it because that was that was me. But, I'd, man, I just want to encourage you, whenever you get an opportunity, when things are offered, you know, if you can do it, get there, be there, and uh, do what you can. All right. So, um this one's out of sorts, so I might do two this week since today is, what, actually Tuesday, and then maybe I'll do one on um, Friday, too. I think I'm kind of fired up. Am, am I, guys? <laughs> I think I am. Okay, so you're like, well, what did you guys talk about? Okay, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of this, of the CPR uh, course or little quick masterclass, whatever that I gave them. So we were talking um, a little bit about some of the dynamics, and we were talking about some of the, the different 
um, dimensions when we're talking about the abuse and addressing the abuse. And so we were talking about some of the ways in which it's actually manifested. So when we talk about the ways in which it was manifested, um, I talked about there were like eight different categories. And so I gave them just a little bit of each one. So, you know, we started out talking about the um, physiological dimension when we're talking about the abuse. And what is interesting, you know, when we talk about the abuse and we think about the. And so as I was talking about the, the different dimensions, we were just I was sharing with them that oftentimes when we're talking about the abuse, that it's manifested in in ways that we, we're really not thinking about or maybe we're not cognizant of. And so, you know, I, I talk with them and I said, well, sometimes it shows up in different ways. So from, you know, physiological perspective, it's going to show up as anxiety or it might show up um, where you just you feel like you're you're fatigued all the time or you're going to have. I'm going to say, you know, sleep issues or appetite. And it was interesting as, you know, some of the guys were were sharing, they were like, yeah, you know what? I've noticed that these are part of that physiological dimension when we're talking about dealing with the abuse. But I had just never really thought about them. You know, they said, I'm thinking it's like, well, you know, my job, I've got a lot of work and stuff. And really not equating that to I'm going to say the abuse, the issues that are there, if you want to say in the background. We talked about, you know, some other dimensions of it when we're talking about the CPR. We talked about rumination, right? So we've talked about rumination before where your mind just kind of gets fixed on this certain idea, right? And it's interesting when we were talking about that because when we were talking about, I'm going to say both the physiological and the cognitive, uh, we talked about the whole disturbance of the sex drive, right? So hypersexuality and hyposexuality. And what was so cool about this, the guys, <laughs> I don't know, some of them, I think they were in tears. They're like, finally, a place where we can actually talk about sex and sexuality and not feel strange about it. Cause they're like, we live in such a society. Uh, they said uh, the prude society. And I'm like, well, that kind of comes from, you know, the British English roots of, of coming over. And so, uh, taking a look at sex in a different way. I say sex is a wonderful, beautiful, beautiful thing, but oftentimes it's demonized. And so they were just saying, man, it's just so great to be in the place where you can talk about things and, and share these these things when we're talking about um, these issues. And then on the co- cognitive time side, we were talking a little bit about, um, of course, the, the victim mindset. And we were talking about, um, well, of course, in psychology, we call them cognitive distortions, but they're just erroneous patterns of thinking. And, um, you know, I shared, of course, a little bit, you know, with them when we talked about, you know, the neuroscience. And then I, t- I shared with them a little bit about RAS, right, which is RAS, which is the reticulator activating system. And you guys understand how that works because we've talked about that before. And it kind of goes like this when we're talking about conscious and subconscious. And so just think about a car, Right. So when you see a car that you like, let's just say you're getting ready to buy a BMW, okay? Or maybe here, I guess, would be a Tesla, (laughs) if you've got got the money for that. And it's like, when you decide, oh, I'm going to go buy that Tesla, guess what you start noticing? You start noticing Teslas everywhere. Now, here's the thing. They've been there before. You've, you've, You've seen them. They've been driving around. But why are you noticing them now, right? Well, that's when we talk about that reticulator activating system. So 
what happens is I'm going to say our subconscious and conscious are now actually working together. So all the stuff that's been passing by us, I'm going to say just your brain's taking in all the information. So it's seen all those Teslas that have been passing by in the past, but it didn't really put any meaning or significance on them. But now that our conscious mind says, you know what, that's something that I want to be or I want to buy. Then guess what? Now you start seeing them everywhere. <laughs> so your subconscious is actually helping and your conscious, they're, they're working together, your conscious mind together. And so I, I just shared with them, you know, when we're talking about this whole healing thing, because oftentimes, for example, when I start working with guys, um, maybe they've had some type of therapy and stuff before. And when they get to me and I'm like, what's your healing vision look like? And they have no idea. It's like deers in the head, like healing vision. I'm like, yes, what's your healing vision? What does it look like? What do you want to look like when this process of working together is over? Right. That's the reason I love coaching, because that's what we do. We're setting this type of things. And so uh, pretty cool. Just just great things. Um, another area that we hit when we were talking about this, because I did talk about the self um, created depression. So you guys remember uh, that. But we're talking about it, you know, from um, a behavioral um, perspective, too. So we talked a little bit about uh, acting out. So acting out. And so. And that really hit in the when we're talking about the sexual performance. So that hit talk about um, sexual reenactment of the abuse and sometimes how we see that in our life and how that might be presenting. We talked a little bit about um, perfectionism, which is another piece of the behavioral piece. Oftentimes when we're working with and dealing with you know survivors that for us uh, and sometimes the perfectionism actually becomes an excuse not to do anything. And what I mean by that is, well, since it can't be perfect, right, then, you know, fail, I'm not going to do it, or I can't do it. And it becomes an excuse as opposed to, no, it doesn't have to be perfect, right? We're, we're doing something, we're working toward the right area. And uh, that was really important. We talked a little bit about um, aggressive aggressive and destructive acts. And then we even talked a little bit about substance abuse. And it's interesting because oftentimes when we think of substance abuse, we think of just drugs, right? That's the first thing that comes to our our mind because that's what our society, but substance is whatever that you're abusing, (laughs) right? And so whether, you know, it be, uh, could be food, it could be pleasure. It could be, you know, the gym rat, the workout, whatever that we're using to help pretty much numb, I'm going to say, the pain. Uh, Then we talked a little bit in our CPR uh, course, we talk about um, the affective, affective, I'm going to say, dimension, and that's about emotions, right? So dealing with, I'm going to say, the excessive or inappropriate guilt, um, feelings of being powerless. Um, We talked about oftentimes we have what's known as increased irritability and frustration. And of course, remember frustration, the emotion frustration tells us that we need to change our approach. But sometimes for survivors, the issue is, well, we don't even know if there's another approach to even try or to attempt or uh, where are the resources, right? Of course, and that's one of the reasons that safe place for uh, men exists to hopefully give you an opportunity if some other approach isn't working for you that you can actually try this approach 
here, do the coaching and the hypnosis. And I did get to share. Okay, so here, here's another thing, guys. Uh, so, so I had one guy, um, not one guy, there were more than one guy. But So I asked, I said, is there anyone here who would be willing to just do, I'm going to say, kind of a, a, a hypnosis session here with me so I can just show you how powerful this is and what we could, you know, help you to uncover. And so there was one guy there and uh, who was willing to, to give it a try to realize that it wasn't voodoo <laughs> or anything like that so that everyone else can see it. Right. And so remember when we're dealing with hypnosis, we're just dealing with the subconscious mind. OK, so we're trying to go into that subconscious mind, because oftentimes what happens in I'm going to say talk therapy or cognitive talk therapy, which is the I'm going to say the common modality out there when you go to a therapist and talk is we're talking to the conscious mind, but the conscious mind can be very protective. And when you're trying to suggest stuff to the conscious mind, it's harder to pass that threshold of suggestibility. But when we're dealing with the subconscious mind, okay, and we're in that state, I'm going to say that gamma theta state, I'm trying to remember my my charts there, um, then our mind is more willingly to accept those positive suggestions. Here's the thing, you know, because a lot of people freak out when you talk about hypnosis. Your brain, your mind will not take anything that you don't want it to, right? So people always are like, because they see the Hollywood version of people on, you know, stage and stuff clucking like a chicken and, <laughs> and all those different type of things. But the reality is this, if your mind doesn't want to do it, if it doesn't believe it, it will not do it. So that's a wonderful, I'm going to say, um, safety um, mode that's been placed on our, our brains that gives us the power to do that, right? You're not gonna, if you don't want to do it, you're not going to do it no matter how much someone, whatever, hypnotizes you. <laughs> okay, so, but anyway, so um, what we did was I did what we call a little induction and put him in what we call a salmonism state, okay, synabolism. And, uh, and so for him, we did this technique where we do the time telling and went back. And within those, I think it took us maybe about 40 minutes. We were able to bring up stuff for him from, from the past in a safe environment. We're actually able to go back and to resolve some of those abuse issues that he was dealing with today. Woo! Powerful stuff. And that's why I love, uh, doing it. That's the reason I love adding the hypnosis part to the coaching, right? And so then it's like once you get those insights and then they come to the forward and then we start dealing with them, now we start using our other tools and things that are going to help us to keep us going, right? And so that was cool. So that was an opportunity uh, to do that. So man, woo, guys, you can tell I'm excited about this. And you're probably like, well, when isn't he excited about this? Then uh, the other thing and the, the little CPR. And look, it's probably like it is right now. You probably feel like a water hose. I'm just throwing so much at you. And the guys that are probably listening from Dallas, Texas. Yes, I know there was there's just so much information, so much information. Um, and we didn't even hit the. I'm going to say we didn't even scratch the surface on what is there. So I'm going to tell you about um, a workshop that I'm going to be doing in November. Um, uh, yeah, 
I'll share with that with you a little bit here soon. All right. So then we talked a little bit also about the relational uh, dimensions. So we talked about sometimes how we, um, you guys know the people pleasing and how that sometimes fit into our um, abuse. I'm going to say module or some of the things that we experience where we have this excessive need for approval seeking. Okay. Or even um, people pleasing is what we call it. Uh, we talked a little bit about oftentimes in um, the abuse cycle that we have what's called the self-sacrificing martyr complex. Okay. Uh, a lot of you might be dealing with that. And so it, what happens is you sacrifice yourself, right? You're taking care of everyone else, and but you're not doing any of your own self-care. And But part of that is actually part of, I'm going to say, being accepted and belonging. And so one of the things we were asking ourselves is like, is our self-sacrificing, is our martyrdom, is it true? Is it real? Or is it really, I'm going to say, a, if you want to say a side effect or a dysfunctional behavior in order for us to seek approval and belonging? Ooh, it was some deep stuff, but it was a great, it was a great conversation to, to, to throw in there and to have. And then we talked a, a little bit, um, uh, how do we talk about this? When we talked about depression and those different type of things, uh, we talked about sometimes the reactions that we have with, you know, specific people, specific places, specific objects um, that were either part of our sexual abuse or, um, I'm going to say in the meaning part, we've associated some type of meaning, um, with that. So, man, you can see we, I mean, this was, I, I love doing this. And like I said, guys, thank you so much for allowing me to do this. Jump starting your healing your with CPR it was really cool and really awesome. And so just, I just want to thank you for um, reaching out. I want to thank you for being there because I wouldn't, been able to share these things with you guys. If some of you, when you heard me on the podcast and said, Hey, I'm going to be in Dallas, Texas, if you want to meet, and I know it's scary because you're like, you look, I don't know this dude. I haven't seen him before. I'm like, okay, but you know, there are 84 episodes <laughs> on the website on the podcast. If you want to know a little bit about me, uh, but yeah, I understand when you're meeting someone face to face, but man, it is, it is, you know, it's like the guys were there and it was like, there's just something different about being in the same space. And they were like, it's different than doing uh, an online video web conference or anything like that or Zoom. There's And it is true. There's something about being in that same physical proximity. And of course, you guys know that, of course, oxytocin and serotonin and those different type of things are actually being released so it's just like when you look at the research of uh, people that sing together, right? It's almost like like for, for women when they're in the house for a certain time, uh, their period starts sinking up. And so they're having their periods during the same time. It's exactly like this, right? So when we've got all the different, I'm going to say, neurotransmitters and chemicals and stuff, when we come together and they're being released, the oxytocin, and the serotonin, we're bonding. And we're bonding in a way that I believe that we were made to bond. 
All right, I better be quiet here because I think I've passed my, my 20, 20 minutes. All right, so here's the result of that. Now, I told you guys at the beginning of this year that I had planned to do, at least because of COVID, right, we were trying to figure things out and how this was going to work. And I said, I want to at least get one workshop in this year, and I'm going to try and do it. Now, I know this is kind of quick, but for those that really want to do this, so I'm going to say this. Um, if you're a survivor, you you want to be in a place like the stuff that we just talked about. Those are the things that maybe you want to work with, you're, you're dealing with. Um, maybe you're the person you've never had an opportunity to disclose with a group of other survivors in person. This place might be the place for you. If you want to be in a place where we can talk more about the whole sexuality confusion and all those different type of things that might be going on in a safe, non-judgmental environment, this might be the place for you. Um, if you want to be at a workshop where you actually work, <laughs> then this might be the workshop for you also. Because you, if you talk to any of the guys, uh, when I do workshops, we work. Right. And it was, it was interesting because I was as I was talking with um, another individual and I was just sharing with them about my program. And they're like, you've done this for a while, haven't you? They're like, I've never seen a program like this. Not only that it covers so much, but it is just so intact. And I was like, yes, because it comes from years of doing this. And then survivors like you sharing, well, what worked, what what didn't work, what would be some some good subjects. And then I said, from this, when people do the workshop, then it moves them right over into, so if they want to continue, then they go right into the break my abuse code and bam, off we continue to go. So anyway, it's going to be November 18th through the 20th. And that's 2021. It's going to call, it's going to be called the be seen, be heard workshop. Okay. So be seen and be heard. So once again, if you're a survivor and you're like, you know what, I think I'm ready. I'm ready to be seen. Okay. So that I am a survivor. I'm ready to be in a place where I can be heard. So I'm in a place with other survivors where I can share my story. We can work through some of these things. We can talk about some of these things. We can, you know, do the different um, components on emotion, those different type of things. If you're ready, then this is for you. Now, here's the thing. That's coming. It's limited. Okay. So limited participation. Cause what I'm going to do, like I said, this will probably be the only one we'll get in for this year. So it's going to be limited because I'm going to be doing it at my residence. Okay. So it's going to be here at the house where, where I'm at here in Sacramento. So it's going to be limited to eight male survivor participants, right? Cause I've got I figure I got three rooms and then I can set up the bunk, the bunk beds. Right. And so four rooms. Yep. So we can fit about eight in here comfortably. Okay. So I know you're like November. Yeah, I know it's October and this is, that's mid November. It's coming up. So if you're going to do this, you need to be certain that this is something that you want to be a part of and that you want to do be seen, be heard. You're ready. Cause I'm only eight only eight male survivor participants for this one. So I've got to keep it uh, small for the space that we're in right now, but that's okay. So if this is you and you, you really want to come and you want to do this, right? So it's going to be the reason I'm also doing it this way because it saves money a little bit. So that way you don't have to rent a hotel 
Hotels in this area are expensive. Okay. So you're going to be paying like 200 bucks a night. So no. Okay. So hopefully that's the, one of the reasons for doing it here. So making it, you know, more affordable for those guys that want to come. So that's a Thursday, a Friday and a Saturday. So we'll, it will start on the 18th Thursday at 3 p.m. So for those that might be traveling, you know, so that gives you, if you want to leave in the morning and still get here by 3, uh, 3 p.m. on that Thursday afternoon so we can start. And then it will end Saturday afternoon at 12. So we usually end with lunch. And so then that way, if you need to, you know, jump on the plane and whatever to go back, you still get to be back, you know, for the weekend And then for some of those, and this is how it always goes, that want to like, you know, what? I just want to kick it for another day, which is cool because we also have some conversations. So even though the workshop part is over, it kind of still continues because we get a chance to to bond even more. So we continue to, to do that. And then sometimes people, they'll do a little sightseeing or something like that, or they just want to take a little break before they jump on the plane. So then they'll leave on on Sunday, whatever you want to do, that's it's open for that, right? So you just you just let me know. But once again, that's November 18th through the 20th. And that's the Be Seen, Be Heard workshop, limited to eight male survivor participants. All right. So you pretty much you go up to the website and you hit the thing to sign up. It'll send you through. You'll get some emails just talking a little bit more about this. And then we'll... Decide, right? So you'll have to fill out your registration form and those different type of things. If you're approved, right, then get ready. Now, here's the thing. Please hear me on this one. You need to be vaccinated. Okay. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there right now. I am not beating around the bush with this. After going through this with my brother and stuff like this, you need to be vaccinated, right? So if you're going to come, I need you to shoot whatever a picture, whatever of your vaccination card so that we know that you've at least been vaccinated, right? Because safe place and we're trying to keep it safe for people as much as possible. Okay. So that's it. Okay. So you've, you've got to be, you've got to be vaccinated. So that's just going to be part of the process. And especially here in California, uh, that's just going to be the way that things are things are going. So uh, which isn't bad. We're just trying to look out for for each other and those different type of things. So that's there. All right, guys. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Like I said, I know I went a little bit over and I know you're like, is this 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 dude on some upping upper drugs or something like that? No, it's just that I come back. I'm happy had a great weekend being with survivors. And, you know, one person, uh, they were saying to me, you know how you can tell that, you know, um, something that you do is your passion. They're like, they're like when you're in that environment, you're in the flow and you just don't want to be anywhere else. And it's like time moves. Uh, it's like time stands still, but then yet it's just all coming together. And when I get together with survivors and we're doing workshops and stuff like that, that's where I am. I'm in that flow because this is what I love doing. And I, I love helping uh, from a leadership and development perspective. I just like giving people options, not where they can just survive, but where they can thrive 
You know, I, I love the stories and reports that I get from, you know, guys like three years later. And one guy's like, look, I'm the CEO of this whatever software company. Thank you so much. I'm like, yes, that's what we want. We want transformation. Or the person who says, you know what, I finally, because of learning the healthy boundaries and stuff, I finally found the love of my life and we're making this commitment and I wouldn't have been able to do it without you helping me there. All right, let me stop because I'm about to go with tears here. (laughs) All right, guys. So until our next time, our next um, podcast time together. All right. So remember, once again, uh, just like those guys that we just met, you are not alone, right? But here's the thing. You've got to reach out. When when you hear about those opportunities, you've got to stretch yourself a little bit and say, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to take the risk on stepping out to either be there or say, hey, can you can you help me or, or something like that? Because you just never know what the universe will open up to you until you open yourself and make yourself available, right? And then, of course, remember, be safe. All right, guys, until our next podcast, be safe.